Hello, and welcome to Regenerative Reform, the podcast that's intended to explore our place in nature's kingdom and discover new ways to connect to self, surroundings, and society. I'm your host, Jeremy Tackett. Beautiful morning today. Monday, my day off. It's the 8th of February, 2021. Sun is shining on my back in this southern window. Outside, the snow is about anywhere between 6 and 24 inches. I just got done watching a little mink run between uh, piles of wood. And then walking over here, I remembered that I had a dream about stinging nettle last night. That was fun. You remember your dreams? I rarely do. Dreams. I have lots of dreams. I have lots of goals, aspirations, desires. Um, some stellar things I'd like to achieve. <laughs> My wife just texted me. I'm off uh, here on Monday, so she's doing the chores, taking care of the critters. And we just had a, a little bit of snow yesterday. So there were some doors frozen to the chicken coop, and you know, it's up a hill um, that we didn't plow or use a snowblower on. So there's some challenges. And uh, she's just back in the swing of things after having some challenges, and that's great to hear. Uh, you know, these, these tasks or these goals that I was just speaking of, they come with immense challenges. And um, it's, it's, it's a grind. Um, try to approach it in a playful, adventurous way. Like, um, oh, and also, pardon, there's some microphone malfunctions. So I just realized I'm talking into the broken microphone and I don't know how that's picking me up. So sorry for how that sounds. <coughs> it's definitely gonna sound a little different though. So that's what's up, broken mic, busted maybe. these goals with their challenges and it's a grind it can be an adventure though with the right mindset um you know i'm very fortunate to get this day off um i've definitely had months and seasons and years where i've worked seven days a week um tending to the animals uh and other living systems, but I'm very fortunate right now that my wife in this last year of developing forest floor farms has gotten super, super hands-on and has just increased her knowledge and awareness um, time and time again, uh, day after day, week after week. So it's it's been an awesome thing to share. Um, but these big lifetime goals, these 
um, working with the land and uh, to explore all the different uh, opportunities that I think uh, can be offered uh, or that I that I feel have been offered in the past um, and could be revived and in some way are, are still happening right now. Um, I could celebrate, you know, a dozen farmers off the top of my head easy and I'm sure I could find a couple thousand more real quick um, that are doing a lot of the things that I want to do and uh, to go beyond that. Um, and hopefully with this podcast, we can continue to gather that information, that integral, vital information that's going to help us uh, e- evolve and always be growing. You know, keep that uh, come up constant. So often, I've I found myself in a paradise, even at the the parking lot in uh, West Side Colorado Springs. Um, yeah, even at just being a, a medical caregiver, you know, growing medicinal cannabis, medicinal marijuana um, for patients with some amount of, you know, physical imbalance um, and issue, and they had realized that they had received comfort, um, relief, with the use of the plant uh, in with medical intentions uh, to help them feel better. Um, you know, I thought that was paradise, you know. Before we went on tour one year, this is over 12 years ago now. I think I had just gotten, received a qualification or a grant for um, a scholarship to Oaksterdam University to um, get a full ride um, and continue with cannabis education. I thought that was a paradise opportunity. I guess my my point I'm trying to make is that with each environment I found myself in, I found myself to be immensely uh, fulfilled and challenged simultaneously. Um, And by overcoming or by even meeting those challenges at times, I would achieve my dreams. I would achieve uh, the amount of success that was mandatory and that amount was just simply trying being turned on by something attracted to something uh, a practice a passion and stepping forward into that awkward space and saying you know what i want to learn i want to get to know that activity hands on i want to give my time to it i want to connect with it i feel like i could use it i feel like it could use me We could have a pretty cool relationship. Sidebar, that's what my dream was like last night with the plant stinging nettle. Anywho. When I found myself in that parking lot at Mountain Song Community School, within that first year, 
I started using a, a tagline, a, a mantra, and it was always be growing. And at some point, I would use this mantra in a perceived by others inappropriate way, like I was virtue signaling. Uh, I remember that day clearly, and I thought it was really cool. For some reason, uh, virtue signaling wasn't on my radar at the time, uh, by my hand or others. I'm sure I was repulsed by it, by myself and others at times in the past, uh, but it didn't seem something like something that was at the surface of my awareness. How I could um, express these words um, and have my intention uh, be mixed up or misunderstood. What's come up in the last couple weeks is uh, a constant come up. One where there's the evolution is constant, where we are going around, where, where this, this evolution of self is in some way in shape or reflection or of the gesture of the, uh, the swirl, the vortex, the nautilus or the golden ratio that we're unfolding. And that to achieve that state of even being willing to pursue uh, your best self, you will always be growing. You will always be challenged. There will be a constant come up because of the constant grind. I think of a of a of a of a weightlifter and like constant constant gains and where those plateaus happen. Um, and what they have to do to tweak either their body or the exercise, the lift, the weight, the reception of the weight in order to trigger um, the muscles in a different way, to get them firing in a unique way. I was asked last month if I thought when I was teaching at the school, if I'd always be teaching at the school. And I did. I did. I thought if I went to Oaksterdam University, I'd always be growing cannabis in Western California for a little while, too. At some point, my uh, perception of time had broadened. In the past decade, I have begun thinking of it as a, as a tool. But even still, with all of these projects, I find myself to be fully committed or, to, or that the need is that I need to be fully committed. Because in that way, I can be open 
to forever possibilities and long-term sustainable systems with the land that will not only nurture the vitality of the soil and the living things that are all connected to it in this environment, but also to the people that interact with it. Maybe it was compost that helped me work with time. Now I look at the raw materials and I get so excited. I see this spent hay or bedding underneath the goats or the chickens, saturated, covered with tremendous amounts of manure that I get to clean up, extract, move, or cover. And I'm like, Am I gonna have some good looking compost in the next couple years? I imagine walking through the woodlands and collecting different specimens from the forest floor, the inoculants, the indigenous microorganisms, the mushrooms, the wood eating fungi, gathering the grass clippings and the leaves, and I imagine this black gold that is going to be formed. And then I bring up these lessons from, from alchemy, this transformation of self, along with the product that is outside of us. Don't want to get stagnant. The compost needs air. We ourselves, self, and practice need air. We need to stay grounded and at the same time, we need to keep things light. <sighs> Seek to find this balance in all things, in all ways. The constant come up in the parking lot was with imagination, tremendous amounts of donations, trades, barters, conversation after conversation with strangers, local shop owners. We were able to work together. People were able to drive by and see sometimes what their donation had provided. Parents and neighbors contributed and lent a hand. That was a big wave. That was a righteous amount of momentum. Communities coming together, largely for the future, for the youth. With the intention to connect with nature, wicked cool. donations. We picked up a tool shed. Four of us, I think a board member, a parent, a husband of a teacher, all went over there and picked up a tool shed, put it on a trailer and hauled it back. 
just a few miles. Later in that year, a sixth grader would help me with a fulcrum and lever, lift that shed onto a couple rollers, and pry it a couple hundred feet to where later the goats would be born inside. While it might have been sloppy at times, and not always, most organized. Immense amounts of exploration with self and surroundings happened. Characters of society gathered there. Volunteers, neighborhood children who had never seen the animals. People donating plants and seeds, yard waste. The same would happen at Flying Pig. This always be growing always has an opportunity when collaborating with community. The opportunity to always to check in, to work with one another, to share. To share resources, to have a share, to hold a share, to buy a share. Thinking about shares and, you know, in the news these last few weeks, people have been talking about the stock market. Wouldn't it be righteous if we could shift, if we could reallocate just a fraction of the energy from shares in companies and the stock market to increase the amount of people in these United States that have a share at a regenerative farm? I can imagine hundreds of millions of people having farm shares. I can imagine that being a, a natural world, a common sense thing. There's a belt buckle that someone brought into this house in the last season. It's like a American farmer. And on the back, it says like the American farmer feeds the world. It was, I, I don't know, there's a little timestamp on it and it was part of a collection. <laughs> My, the point I'm trying to make is that we have a tremendous amount of land and resources. We have a lot more potential than problems. We have opportunities to always be growing. That's exactly what I've been looking for. You see, while doing this podcast, I'm trying to figure out this natural rhythm and routine to talk. And... You might have noticed there's a change in the air when I get onto the soapbox. It's welcome, but it can be a deterrent. Hopefully someday we're on there more with a tremendous amount of, you know, gravity or humility and we're able to uh, help the shift. 
Can you imagine uh, a news segment where everyone's uh, freaked out about their farm share instead of their stock? Instead of just talking about the uber rich losing a little bit of money? Or, or I mean, that, that, that article was also about a, a lot of the uh, underdogs getting their come up. Yeah. yeah. Complex. Most of these situations are heavily nuanced. Go figure. It's almost like these things are connected in some way, shape, or form. Like life itself is all connected in some way, shape, or form. Wild. Hmm. Who'd have thought? The last farm, the one that... Uh, the farm crew and I worked so hard to get biodynamic certified. I thought I was going to be there forever, too. Now, when I say forever, I mean like in a career sense. In forever sense, I imagine my family getting our own large parcel at some point in time and developing farm systems that we're able to travel in between uh, throughout our world travels at some point. But I think the constant for myself, in addition to always be growing, is to always be farming. That was a hard lesson. You separate yourself from something that you've invested so much of yourself in, it can be shattering. This uh, severance, this disconnection can happen immediately. Like a, like a carrot. I feel as though I've been plucked from a few farms. I've willingly left multiple farms, of course. But the transitions have always been beyond challenging. Full of weight. Full of conflict, challenging established relationships, usually with community members or self. left Colorado it was months after my father-in-law had had an incident I've learned over the years that we're very fortunate to have elders that are in their 80s that are able to have these incidents 
Not that I'd mind hanging out with more 90-year-olds. Or above. But honoring our elders has been a theme for... Has been a, has been a rising theme for the last several years. Anywho, it was evident that we needed to come back to Massachusetts, Karen's hometown. Uh, be a, a resource, be available to some degree for, for family, for the elders, for the, the people that have given us so much. It's Karen's hometown, you know, Raven was born a couple towns over where my father-in-law's from. Get to reunite with uh, the old woods. And before leaving Colorado, I looked at some job postings back here in Massachusetts and found out that a farm that I used to bake at was hiring a manager for the whole farm, near 200 acres. And as soon as I read the job posting, I saw myself in that position. It happened. In my head, it happened immediately. In reality, We notified the business that we were working for that we were going to be leaving. Called up the company, the farm, got a job uh, baking right away. I had to get there pretty quick, though. I think we arrived on the... Uh, on the autumnal equinox, probably four or five in the afternoon, and I was at the farm the next morning at 4.30 or five to open the bakery. There, after being willing to step in as a, as a donut maker, I got the second interview as a farm manager after one on the phone. I knew I needed to farm. I knew I needed to grow and I, I knew I had a lot to learn. That I could learn more. That there were systems outside of my comfort zone that I needed to launch myself into. I received the farm manager position there were some communication challenges and personality conflict. We're not all meant to work together and to see things eye to eye. And if we can't agree, well, we should figure out how to work elsewhere. So needless to say, I didn't manage their farm for too long. It became apparent that not only did I need to farm, but I needed to farm my way. I needed to be able to grow with regenerative practices. I needed to be allowed and encouraged to develop living systems with living beings. I live on a small tree farm north of Boston. I knew I'd be able to pick up a little bit of work here and there. 
but I also needed immediate income. Because of all of the years I've been farming, they've never been mine until now. I've always been helping others stockpile. Stockpile living soil, living specimens, seeds, the batteries of life, perennial plants and trees, sustainable living systems. And I've been stockpiling experiences and knowledge along the way. And while those experiences and knowledge are all being leveraged here and now, it takes time for those to provide. So after that farm, I got a job with a compost company. I went after it thinking I could uh, learn how to use a big uh, bulldozer or bobcat and just mix compost all day. And that seemed like an all right job. But they had other people applying for that position with more experience and thought I'd be better off as a driver. I love compost. Like I said earlier, I think it helped me work with time. Um, and also that whole transformation of self along with uh, an external practice. How there can have that uh, putrid or stagnant effect or, or feeling sometimes in any practice and ways to mix it up or air it up, uh, inject air um, for vitality and harmony. And this job was full of heavy lifting, which I really dug. Uh, it was turning undesired byproducts and stinky stuff into black gold. I really dug that. Uh, but the driving freaked me out like no other. Freaked me out. Uh, big truck, lots of expensive cars on tiny streets on both sides. Um, and then the driving app wasn't for a big truck. It was for a regular car. So I didn't know that I wasn't, and I'm, I'm not from the Boston area. So relying on GPS, I would find myself at the entrance of a tunnel or a bridge where the truck, uh, needless to say, couldn't fit on. And I would just be filled with um, momentary anxiety. And I didn't dig it at all. And I didn't like how I might hit some uh, Teslas or Lexuses parked on the side of the car or on the side of the street on both sides with, you know, uh, one car width worth of uh, available lane to go through with this big compost truck. I did dig the opportunity to listen to podcasts and, uh, you know, audible books and It was a good time in some ways. I can always celebrate the opportunities to grow. But geez, at some point, I knew I needed a farm. And I needed a farm in a living, regenerative way. All of this compost that was being made, I needed heaps this size, bigger than buildings, 
on a farm that I was working. And in order to do that, you got to be close, closer to a piece of land. You've got to have access to the unwanted, undesired byproducts of our surroundings, of society. Pardon the interruption. I needed to refill my coffee cup and say hello to my wife. Dealing with the undesirable byproducts from the compost with the, com with the composting company and knowing that I needed a farm led me to knowing that the need was for me to activate that in other ways, to find a job position nearby the house that was undesirable by some that I would have access to, land that people didn't want to farm near my house, or that I might be able to form relationships and connections with these people that have land just sitting there. Not having a farmer on the land for some years. I was able to get a job at a local kitchen like a quarter mile from my house. Within a few months, I met a family who lives on land that used to be connected to the land I live on. Whose land, my landlord, used to work over 70 years ago. Land with rich history and rich opportunity. And starting off a new project, we've had the opportunity to grind. to observe what kind of existing forms were on the hillside and to work off of them, to let them shine, to bring them to the surface while capturing the elements in the surroundings, while simultaneously forming relationships with the community, gathering the undesirable byproducts, the rough cut pine boards that for some reason people don't want to build with. The wood chips that they don't want to haul away. Like the grass clippings and the leaves I just can't stop talking about. The compost from my kitchen job going to the animals and the other critters. To the other biomass materials and forming the compost that will enliven our soil that's already pretty rich. Last year in 2020, we did an enormous amount of dry gardening. Small amounts, small amounts of 
fertigation or irrigation from a jug. But very little intervention. In this coming year, we're going to continue to gather all of the undesirable byproducts. Hopefully, help others or support others in forming a relationship, a living relationship with living systems, with their living diet. Increase the amount of farm shares around the country and increase our opportunity to always be growing.